word on today. to the worship. We're going to the book of Matthew. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Matthew, the ninth chapter. I'm going to start at verse 18. If we can. few more verses, but I believe the context will help us today. The book of Matthew, the ninth chapter, beginning at verse 18, we find these words. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If, I, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose, and the report of this went out into all the land. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of man, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Amen to the reading of God's word. Father, we thank you and we bless you, God, for this time of worship, this time to experience you. And now we come to hear what you would say to us on today, God. So we open up our hearts. Our hearts remain open to what you're saying. Holy Spirit, you teach us. You instruct us in your word. You encourage us. You move us. Whatever the need is, God, you meet it by your spirit today, God. We thank you for your word. It's quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so we listen attentively to what you would say to us. We bless you and we honor in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We started a series last week, More Faith, Less Fear. We're continuing More Faith, Less Fear. If I would subtitle it, I would just say receive it. More Faith, Less Fear. Receive it. Before I start, I want to say that 
I yelled a little bit too much. My son plays basketball. He had two games yesterday. We were in Pennsylvania, and I yelled a little too much. So my voice is a bit shaky, so I apologize to start. But God will provide. A couple of things from the bookstore. Note that uh, we did a sermon series before, More Spirit, Less Flesh. For those of you who want to get it, you can get it in the bookstore if we let them know. They will get it for you. I think it's 20 for the CDs or something like that. But just tell them you want it, <laughs> and, 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 and we'll, we'll get it to you. This series will also be available. You can get it every week, uh, but they will have it for $20, I believe, as well, if you wait to the end of the series. And so they wanted to let you know that. Also, our T-shirts, Pastor Pumphrey is wearing a T-shirt, uh, the More Faith, Less Fear T-shirt. Many asked about it. It is available. Uh, there'll be some information on the screen. Uh, Minister David could throw it up there if he could. But we have an ICLG store on gallery, and you can order it, and it'll come right to your house. You can order as many as you want. Uh, they're beautiful. There's a couple of dime. Uh, so you go to ICLG store. It'll be there. There's women's. There's children's. There's one for your dog. And so if you want one for your dog, <laughs> go ahead. There's a couple color options there, but it is available. I think we can saturate the atmosphere with more faith and less fear. Amen. 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 This week, you know, it's been an interesting week. We, we talked about what God can do. And, you know, my, my oldest daughter drives and she got into an accident this week. Um, Ten minutes later, one of the young ladies that was visiting us, she got into an accident uh, ten minutes right after that. Uh, both of them are both okay, you know, but the enemy's, the enemy's busy. Um, but we know that no matter what situation we're in, God is just allowing us to exercise our faith. And so we tell the devil we are not scared. Uh, we're not backing down. We are moving forward uh, no matter what dust he wants to kick up our way. He's already defeated, been defeated at Calvary's cross a long time ago. Yeah. And so he might as well just keep taking his whooping because yeah. he don't bark it up the wrong tree. Come on and hear somebody that there's still victory in Jesus. More faith, less fear. Hallelujah. Wanted to start with, with uh, setting ourselves up with understanding by definition with the time that I have. We'll get through it. Faith. By definition, biblical definition, reminding us of its assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. It is assured, assured, certain reliance on the character, ability, strength of someone or something. In our point of view, it is, is our object of our faith is God. Amen. It's not believing in something without any basis. In modern-day faith, we think that's just believing something without any basis. That's not what biblical faith is. There's a basis for what we believe. Point number two here, faith is the instrument by which spiritual things are obtained. Faith is the instrument by which spiritual things are obtained. Hebrews 11, 1 says, faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. In verse 2, it says this, for by it, it meaning faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. You obtain it by faith. You obtain the promises of God by faith. 
In other words, faith is like the currency of the kingdom. Here we have money we use, right? In the kingdom of God, you, you have faith. Can't obtain anything without faith. That's why Hebrews 11 and 6 goes on to say, but without faith, it is what? Impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, we can't receive anything from God without faith. Our saving faith, even looking at salvation, requires two thi- three things. And you don't have to take all this down, but just understanding that saving faith requires three things. There's there our notitia, N-O-T-I-T-I-A. That's the content of our faith. Remember, our faith has content. We believe that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. We believe that Jesus lived a righteous and sinful life. We believe in his bodily resurrection. That's content of our faith. You say, well, how do I believe that? Well, God enables us to do that. Psalms 19.1 says, the heavens declare, what? The glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. In other words, you can look outside and see that life came from somewhere. John 20 and 31, he says, but these things were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing that you may have life in his name. Jesus did miracles so that what people could actually believe. All right? There's a content of our faith. Second thing is there's, there's the assensus, A-S-S-E-N-S-U-S, which is the conviction that the content of our faith is true. So not only do I know the facts, a lot of people may look at the facts and understand the facts, but do you have a conviction about those facts being true? That Jesus really did rise in bodily form from the dead. That's saving faith. You can understand it in your mind, but believing that it is actually true, that there's an empty tomb, is is part of saving faith. The last thing is is fiducia, F-I-D-U-C-I-A. That means I put my personal trust and reliance in that. My affections, my heart go with it. Not only do I, do I know what the facts are, do I believe the facts are true, but then I put my personal reliance on them. That's saving faith. I say that is that we receive salvation by faith. Anybody saved? How do you know? By faith. Anybody filled with the Holy Ghost? Where is he? (laughs) You receive the Holy Ghost by faith. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Jesus is coming back. We believe he's coming back. We have to have the faith, the gift of the Spirit, the gifts of healing, miracles, interpretation of tongues, tongues, all that you receive and exercise. How? By faith. (laughs) we'll get to this later in in, in teaching but anybody going to heaven where is it (laughs) can you give me directions to heaven (laughs) we'll teach on that later but you got to understand it's by faith then we talked about fear fear phobos in, in 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 the Greek phobia where we get phobia which means dread or terror. But we know in the Bible, it tells us over 350 times, God says, do not fear. Fear thou not. He says 350 times. So we talk about fear is not for the believer. It immobilizes people. 
Fear causes depression. Fear leads to sin. It does. You say, well, it occurs naturally. Yes, it does. Nobody needs to act like they're never afraid of anything. Stop lying. Okay? Fear comes naturally, but it is not the resting place for the believer. Okay? It may come, but we don't need to remain with it because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Don't fool yourself. Fear comes naturally. We're in this human state, but it is not our resting place. Then we talked a little bit last week that about the healthy fear, and the reason why we got to bring up healthy fear and, and f- that being reverence or awe, um, because it's, re- it's, it's relational. So fear, we know ter- a terror, that's what we're talking about having less of, but there's a healthy fear. Proverbs 9 and 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so when we have awe and reverence for God, that is the beginning of wisdom. And whether you're talking about awe and reverence or you're talking about dread and terror, we have to understand that the one you fear the most is the one you will obey. Okay? The one you fear the most is the one you will obey. If you fear people, you will obey people. If you fear God, you will fear God. The one you fear the most is the one you will obey. Continuing with our teaching, understanding that we want to introduce this concept of doubt. Anybody heard about doubt before? You hear about fear and we hear about doubt. Old Testament, PASA, P-A-S-A-A, which means to hop, to limp, or to dance. We'll make sense of that in a minute. In the New Testament, it's distazo, meaning mentally to waver. Doubt, mentally to waver. It's normal as well, right? Everybody has some doubts? Come on, (laughs) y'all. You don't need to be scared. It's true. We all have have doubts to mentally waver. But we've got to understand something that that, the dynamic of doubt. When Peter was walking on God's word, right? When Jesus was walking on Jesus' word, we talked about last week, right? He was doing really good, right? But then when he saw the circumstances around him, okay, the Bible said he started to sink, He called out to Christ, and Christ helped him up. But Jesus says to him, why did you doubt? You see what I'm saying? Why did you doubt? Matthew 28, we read this at Baptism Sunday. It says Jesus appointed them into a mountain right after he had resurrected to meet him at a mountain in Galilee, which he told them about. And they went there, and he spoke to them. And then the Bible says, but some doubted. (laughs) You don't walk with the man. The man are resurrected, and there's still people... Who doubted? Doubt will come. But we've got to understand this. James 1, 5 to 8 says, If any man, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without approach. And it will be given, what? To him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let, no, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. We can't receive anything from God when we come in doubt. It's, it's the doubt dance. 
Come on, you're going this way, then all of a sudden you doubt yourself, you start going this way, right? You're going up, then you doubt yourself, now you start going back. You can't come to God doubting. Many of us are dancing in doubt. <laughs> we, we got the doubt dance going on. We, one day we believe God, next day you, you, you can't receive anything from God in doubt. We got to stop the doubt dance and make a decision that we're going to move in faith. Somebody say more faith, less fear. Moving into our text with that background, let's understand it as we see it. More faith, less fear moves past the facts to experience the truth. More faith, less fear moves past the facts to experience the truth. Verse 18, Jairus is his name, but the Bible in our text said the ruler he comes to Jesus. Jesus was teaching and ministering, and they were questioning him about fasting and things. But in the middle of his talking, Jairus, the ruler, comes to him and says, my daughter has just died. Notice he didn't say, my daughter is sick, and there's an issue going on at home. Notice that's not what he said. He said, my daughter has just died. You catch that? My daughter, she dead. Not she's ailing, but he says she dead. Verse 20, there was a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 long years. Issue of blood. She was bleeding for 12 long years. Luke's gospel says she was bleeding and she went to find every doctor she could think of, every specialist, and nobody could help her. And the Bible says she spent all her living on trying to get well. So not only was she bleeding, she was also broke. Okay? She had it for 12 years. 12 in the Bible is a number of rulership. This thing had control over her life at this point. 12 years. We see the facts. The Bible tells us the facts. It didn't say it's a woman who had, a, a, you know, had some things going on. That's not what it says. <laughs> then it says there were two blind men. Right? The Bible says they were what? They were blind. It didn't say they had trouble seeing with their eyes. It says they were blind, that they could not see. So what we got to ask ourselves today is, what is your problem? I'm not talking about the problem that you can help yourself with. I'm not talking about the problem that other people can help you with. I'm talking the problem that you need Jesus to help you with. I'm not talking about the surface level problem. I have an anger problem. No, I'm talking about the, the tissue level problem you got that I've been hurt. I'm talking about the problem that I've been wounded. I'm talking about the problem that I've been abandoned. I'm talking about the problem that I hate you and I've got unforgiveness in my heart and it's been this way for the last 20 years. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the pride that rests up in my heart that won't humble myself that I can serve my wife the way that I need to serve my wife. I'm talking about that. And we don't have to put any sort of, well, you know, I got some, no, no, you got a problem. It's called unforgiveness. That's the name of it. Those are the facts. You won't let it go. Yeah. 
See, if we want to see God move, we need to present something to God that moves God. And what moves God is faith. See, when we have faith to, to bring our problem to God, <laughs> then God starts to move. Jesus wants to deal with the real issue. He's not so much with the false issue because I ain't real. The, the facts are, God, I have unforgiveness in my heart. Those are the facts. But Jesus moves with faith. When Jairus came to Jesus, he said, Jesus, my daughter is dead. He just said, it's true. I don't like it, but she dead. But if you <laughs> come and put your hand on her, come on in here, she will live. The woman with the issue, Jesus, see what happened was Jesus heard Jairus and he said, well, we got to go. See how Jesus moved when, when, when somebody came in faith? The Bible says he got up and started going to Jairus' house. <laughs> Because somebody had the audacity, or should I say faith, to believe that he could do something even though it was already dead. <laughs> so you got to have the audacity to believe that God can resurrect your marriage even though it's already dead. You've been sleeping in separate beds for the last three years. Ain't no sex going on. Come on in here. It's a quiet church. But you got to believe that he can resurrect it even though it's already dead. The woman with the issue with blood, as, as the, the crowd's going by, Jesus was going to Jairus' house. When the woman with the issue of blood, people were walking, and everybody was going to Jairus' house. But she said, said to herself, if I could just touch. <laughs> Ain't nobody got to know nothing. Ain't nobody got to see me. Ain't got to be no announcement going on. Ain't nobody got to stand up. If I, if, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made well. The two blind men screamed out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They knew they had the faith. <laughs> See, we got to push past the facts. The facts are we're broken, but the truth is he can heal us. Jairus knew the facts are his daughter was dead, but the truth is that there's a balm in Gilead. There's a healer that could raise her up. The woman had an issue of blood for 12 years, but she knew that, that those were the facts, but the truth was that Jesus could heal her body and make her well. The blind men knew their fact that they were blind, but Jesus came to heal the blind. That's the truth. And, and faith pushes past the facts to experience the truth. I want to get past the fact of my issue to experience the truth that he's a redeemer, that he's a healer, that he's a savior, that he can take this pride from me. He can humble me that I can serve. More faith, less fear pushes past the facts to experience the truth of who God is. More faith, less fear moves doubt out of the way. More faith, less fear moves doubt out of the way. The Bible says Jesus was on his way to Jairus' house when all this stuff was happening. The woman touched him. He says, woman, thy faith has made you well. But the Bible says he gets to Jairus' house and the normal custom of mourning was going on. The music was playing. The people were wailing and crying. 
You know how we do when we, when we get in those moments. It's natural. And this is what people were doing. Jesus gets there. And he says something that sounds crazy. He say, she's just sleeping. <laughs> she's just sleeping. Clear the room because she's she, she just sleeping. The people crying and mourning. He says something crazy like this in the middle of this circumstance. And the Bible said that the people ridiculed him. In other words, the people doubted him. When we study and understand this text, listen, Jesus took, he took Peter, he took James, he took John, and he took the girl's parents into the room. That's it. He only needed five witnesses for this miracle to take place. He ain't need more than that. He just took five. Okay, because everybody knew the girl was dead. That wasn't, that wasn't debatable. The girl was dead. He took five witnesses to perform this miracle. <clears throat> but the rest of the people, the doubters, he put out. <clears throat> Listen, everyone can't be around to witness the miracle that God is about to do in your life. <laughs> Everybody can't be around the intimacy of the miracle that's about to take place in your life. Everybody can't have first eye experience to the transformation that God is doing in your life. So let's start with ourselves. We got to first check to make sure that we ourselves are not doubters. <laughs> we got to make sure that we're clearing our own mind that we're not doubters. We're going to move in faith and we're going to expect God to perform his word. That when the spirit follows us, we're going to go exactly where the spirit follows, takes us because we know that his word is true. He's got the character. He's got the strength. He's got the ability. He's got the power to do whatever he's commanded for us to do. So if he tells us to keep our mouth shut because a quiet word turns away wrath, that is exactly what we're going to do. If he tells us to love our wife like Christ loves the church, that is exactly what I'm going to do. I've got to have the faith that if I do what he tells me to do, that he's going to perform what his word says it will perform. We got to check our own selves to make sure that we ain't a doubter, that we're not the one holding up our own miracle. Then the Bible says, he cleared out the room. Some of us got to clear out our room. We got to clear out some folk in the room because we need people with us that got some faith. We need to be surrounded by people who have faith, the same faith in God like you have. We got to have friends like the Bible says that man in the book of Mark chapter 2, that he was crippled and his friends actually took him up on his mat. They picked him up on his mat and they carried him to where Jesus was running a revival. The Bible says that the crowd was so, so plentiful that they couldn't get to Jesus. So the Bible says they said, we got to get our friend to Jesus. Notice they didn't take him off his mat. They put him on his own mat. People are not going to take you out of your situation. You're going to have to take your crippled self and your situation straight to God. But his friends had the faith to get up on top of the roof. And the Bible says that they cut a hole in the roof and dropped Jesus down, to, dropped him down to Jesus so that Jesus can lay their hands on him. We got to have friends that have that kind of faith. That they ain't going to let you off your mat, but they're going to 
help you to get where you need to go with Jesus. They ain't going to say, oh, girl, you just might as well go ahead and do your own thing. They say, oh, no, no, no. The Bible says that he will turn him around. So we're going to carry you right to Jesus. We're going to take you straight to Jesus. If we got to break some stuff up, that's okay. If we got to turn some traditions around, that's okay. If we got to make a mess of some things, that's okay. Whatever the point is, we got to get you to Jesus. You better check your faith room. Everybody can't be intimate with what God is doing in your life. Some people are going to have to find out on Facebook. Some people are going to have to find out on Instagram. When you post what happened, they'll know. But those in the room got to have some faith. Somebody got to clear the room. People moving in faith see stuff happen. You got to have people with faith around you. When you're on the phone, somebody's got to have some faith. The Bible says the prayers of the righteous avail as much. If you have faith, he says, tell them your issue, but tell those who got faith. I want somebody praying for me. I want somebody interceding for me. I want somebody believing God for me. Too many folk on the gossip train. You got to get them out the room. Somebody just needs a story to leak so we can talk about something on Monday and Tuesday. You got to clear them out the room. I'm coming in. The Bible says Jesus cleared the room and he brought her up. And came walking out. And people started talking. But here it is. You have the two blind men. We get to their story. They follow Jesus to the next house. And they say, Jesus, thou son of David. In other words, they knew who he was. They acknowledged that you are the son of David. You're that Messiah that we've been looking for. They knew who he was. They had the faith to believe him. And they called him by his name. Not you possible one, <laughs> not you maybe one, <laughs> not the one other people talking about, but within my own conviction, with my own sake, with my own faith, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us. <laughs> and Jesus looks at them and he asks this question. He says, do you believe that I can do this? And they replied back to him, yes, Lord. And Jesus says, according to your faith, let it be to you. We've got to understand something. Faith didn't do the work. God did. So we got to understand that faith doesn't do the work. God does the work. But faith puts us in position to receive the work that God wants to do. 
See, because if we don't have the faith, we can't receive what God is going to do. That's why Jesus asked beforehand, do you believe that I actually can do this? Because if I do it, will you even be able to receive what I'm about to do in your life? Do you have the faith to believe what the miracle that I'm about to perform in your life? Do you believe that I can change your job situation around? Do you actually believe that when you start on the bottom, I can actually move you to the top? Do you actually believe? Do you have the faith to believe? The Bible says that he touched them and they were made well. They were able to see. But here's the last point. Jesus told them very sternly, don't tell nobody about this. Keep it quiet. Keep this under wraps. This between us. (laughs) But the Bible says they went out and started telling everybody about what Jesus did. See, when you got faith and God does something for you, you can't keep that to yourself. You got to tell somebody about what Jesus did because nobody but Jesus could have done it for you. That's why the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Faith will tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. When God touches you, you got to tell somebody. Faith can't keep quiet about the strength of our God. Faith can't keep quiet about the character of our God. Faith can't keep quiet about the ability of our God. When it looked like it was impossible, Jesus can make a way. And when he makes a way, I got to tell somebody. Somebody needs to know that he made a way for me. He'll make a way for you. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. I don't care what your need is. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care how bad it looks. If he took me out of darkness, if he brought me from the bottom, he'll reach you right where you are. He'll change your situation. He'll touch your life. He'll get rid of that unforgiveness. He'll break that bondage. He'll break that addiction. He'll destroy that yoke. He's able. Look at me. I was blind, but now I see. You know I was broke. You know I was disgusted. But he turned this thing around. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. Somebody with a real praise. I've got a fake praise. I'm praising God. I know what he's done. I know what he can do. My God is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask or think. Give God praise if you know he's God. Give God praise if you know he's able. Give God praise if he's done something for you. Let the world know my God will supply all my need according. Praise will let the, let the world know. Faith will open up your mouth. Faith will get praise flowing. Faith will increase your worship because I knew God before, but I know him on another level. Somebody ought to give God praise. I believe. I believe. I got faith. 
Fear's gotta go. Doubt's gotta go. No more doubt dance. I'm believing God for my miracle. Yeah. <laughs> if he saved you, you got to tell somebody he saved you. People need to get saved. People need to get delivered. People need to be set free. But they don't know about Jesus. They don't know who to have faith in. But when you let them know, there's a God that can do all things. With God, nothing is impossible. Oh, yeah. I got faith. More faith. Less fear. More faith. Less fear. More faith. Less fear. You got to believe it. Listen, the Word of God did not stop. The Word of God is still quick, powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen, we, were at, we had a prayer walk on Wednesday, and one of the things that came to my mind, I always pray, God, you said if you be lifted up, you would draw all men to yourself. And I know what Jesus meant, that if he went on the cross, that he would draw all men to himself. But the thought came to me, he drew back then, but he's still drawing right now. And I need God to draw, <laughs> because we got a God whose word that never stops. He didn't say, I would once draw. He said, I'll draw. He said, if we're still breathing, he's still drawing. I need God to draw somebody. I need God to bring somebody in. I need God to activate their faith that they can come into the house. There's a body that's got a sit right in this seat right here because God's got to draw. But we got to believe it. <laughs> we got to have expectation. His word is still true. He's still drawing. Honestly, we got to go. But I'm excited about this thing. I'm moving in faith and not moving in fear. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody here today that needs Jesus Christ. Everybody praying right where you are. Somebody here today that needs Jesus Christ. Somebody want to get saved. You're in the building today and you realize that you haven't given your life to the Lord Jesus. You haven't put your faith in him. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. God bless you, my sister. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. God bless you, my sister. Is there somebody else that needs to come? Somebody else that needs to come. You're hearing God speak to you. He's in your heart telling you, 
come to me. Don't turn him away. This is not an embarrassing time. It's not to embarrass anyone. This is a time of celebration. So that we can say, I once was lost, but now I am found. Somebody here needs to accept Jesus. Somebody else needs to accept Christ for the first time as Lord and Savior. Is there somebody that wants to join the church? You're already saved. You know the Lord. And you hear him saying, this is the local fellowship that I want you to be attached to, where I want you to grow and work out your soul salvation. Is there somebody that wants to come and join the church? You hear God saying, you've, you've watched us, you've walked with us, and you hear God saying, now's the time. Is there somebody that wants to come to join the church? Everybody praying in these last few minutes. Somebody want to get saved for the first time. Tomorrow's not promised. Tomorrow is never promised. Where will you spend eternity? Will you spend eternity with Jesus? Or will you spend eternity separated from him? Now's the time to give your life to the Lord. Somebody wants to join the church. Those two things. Somebody want to get saved. Somebody want to join the church. Give you a few more seconds. Don't let doubt rob you from experiencing the truth of who God is. Is there another that needs to come? Take a step of faith today and trust him. Is there another that needs to come? Amen. If we're satisfied, give God praise, give him honor. More faith, less fear. Hallelujah. Next week, we're going to talk about how to build our faith. How to build our faith. We're going to get swole up in here. We're going to get swole up in here. This church will be a spirit-led church, and this church is going to move in faith. That's for sure. Amen. Come on, let's stand on our feet. We're going to be dismissed. Father, we thank you. We bless you, God, for allowing us in your presence, allowing us to worship and experience your goodness today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of faith that you've given us. God, help us to exercise it and put our faith in you and watch you work miracles in our lives. We appreciate you so much, God. We appreciate each other. God, help us to love each other as you've commanded us to do and help us to have a great week. Remember, we're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath and more than conquerors because of you who love us. Until we see each other great again, blessings and peace to all. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.